0: damn, you're pointing God damn, you say the most. I was like, change. It's so fast over here. You're like, no, no, <laughs> you don't see the depth. I was like, good point. You're like a
1: miniature Buddha covered in hair.
0: You sure
1: are. Welcome to Signal, the podcast that raises your frequency. I'm Maury Fontenet, purpose and intuition coach. And I'm Melissa Grushka, and I'm about to change your life. Ooh, intense. Dun, dun, dun. This week, we're talking about creating change in life. Bean, you ready? Always. What's up, what's up, what's up? I haven't seen you in a whole five minutes because we're recording back-to-back
0: episodes today. Hi-yo, but I'm wearing a different shirt, so nobody knows.
1: (laughs) The magic of movie magic?
0: screens. (laughs) What's really going ruined.
1: on? No, but for real. What's going on? What was your week? What was your last 10 minutes like? What's a cringe moment? Tell us what's on your mind. Okay. I had
0: a new fridge and dishwasher delivered this week, which was not really in it's the exciting. plan, but they both kind of crapped out at the same time. And oh. I ordered them weeks. I ordered them like two months ago, but they were back ordered, whatever. Um, and then they finally came and as they were coming on Monday. I'd say, I'm going to say last Thursday, maybe, or not even. I go to open my microwave and the handle rips immediately (gasps) off the microwave. Oh, no. Now I have to dig my nails up into the bottom of the microwave to pull it out. And my kids are always like, Can you come nail the microwave open? I just thought it was. Just my luck that like four days before a appliance delivery, another appliance broke. Appliance drama in the house of... Another <laughs> cringe moment is these balls these balls on my shirt and I don't know what to do with them. Do you know that you're... <laughs> Those are cute. Do you know that your name on Zoom says Melanie? I did it on purpose. We had a conversation about it a while ago. Oh. That was going to be my other name. Or wait, Melody? I don't know. I think I was going to be named... Oh, no, Melinda. Oh, I didn't mean to write Melanie. I meant to write <laughs> Melinda.
1: <gasps> That's why. Oh, Melanie. That's I was cringe. like, I don't remember you saying your name was supposed to be Melanie. All right. Well, you want to hear about mine? You've cringy? Always. I'm a little cringy. TJ and I are catching up on Queen Charlotte finally. And what? we. I don't know what that is. What? The Bridgerton story. The Bridgerton prequel. You, you watched Bridgerton, right? Oh, I did watch Bridgerton. I didn't it's know there was a prequel. Queen Charlotte. Which, Which one, Charlotte? Queen Charlotte's the queen who like has the ball, the oh. bell of the ball. Oh, I love. It's her. her origin story, and by the way, as a history nerd, it's actually it's like halfway accurate. It's like fifty percent accurate, the origin story and like the way that she had to like meet you her husband satisfied at wedding. With the wedding. Fifty percent. You seem totally. satisfied. Yeah, Shonda Rhimes getting me at, to fifty percent historical accuracy oh. is a win. Anyway, wow. it's Mama. so good so recommend if you haven't watched it yet we're late to the game but we're trying to watch it and tj gets really like obsessed when we start a show so he needs to watch the next one needs to watch the next one so we're like watching it all over the house like we're just queen charlotte wow. in the Ooh, bedroom doing we're it queen, all over the house so wow. we're queen charlotte out in the living room and the other night we were watching it and the kids were in the pool so we're in the living room thinking we're fine with we this queen like, charlotte and queen charling it up And you know, if you've seen Bridgerton or Queen Charlotte, you know that there are some sex scenes, girl. Oh yeah, (laughs) sounds like you need to watch it. Or I I mean,
0: that super
1: hot guy in the first. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so we are watching, and we're so like enthralled into it. And at one point, the kids walk in, and it's like right during a major humping scene. Raw dog. Raw dog. Queen Charlotte pause it to try and i don't know i got nervous so i paused it Teacher's just like fast forward but i paused it and they're like what are you guys watching and we're like whatever get out of here and then two Queen more times that they walked in it was a sex scene again <laughs> so our kids think that we're watching porn in the living room That's i like cringe. that you
0: called it humping and i called it raw dogging i feel like that definitely represents our personality <laughs> <It's true. though. laughs> true. you like you were like dry
1: humping i was
0: like get nasty with the rusty trombone
1: whoa i think you're thinking of the word raw because <laughs> i gave you a pop quiz while we were testing our mics when i said that in excess song i need you tonight if those of you who are 80s kids want to go here with us and they say your moves are so i've got to I let you know about them what why because it blew my mind we were, we had a dance party here the other weekend, it was super fun. One of our producers was oh, here. I Shout out Anushri for making the drive. Woo-woo. And we had a dance party with a DJ and I was dancing yeah, to that song and I was singing along and I was like, your moves are so wrong. So wrong. I've got to, le-. and I always used to sing it with an attitude because I always thought how rude yeah, of this man to say your moves are so wrong, moves are wrong and I have to Who let you to know you what my moves are like. Yeah. 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 Don't tell me. And then These tell me you moves. need me tonight. Get out of here. Don't, Tell me my moves are wrong and then try to come Now you don't get this. Exactly. Now you don't get any of these moves. So I'm singing. Not like Queen Charlotte or anything. Correct. And I'm singing and having the time of my life. And TJ goes, what did you say? And I was like, your moves are so wrong. He's like, raw. (laughs) I was like, oh, that makes more sense. Your moves are so raw. Which I guess means sexy. So that's where Bean came up with raw dog. Apologies, everyone. That was my fault.
0: No, that's just how I speak. Can I just say quickly how adorable where I live is? I just got this text just came through while we're filming. He said, it's me from across the street. I dropped two cucumbers from our garden at your front door. I mean, could it be any more
1: picturesque? Or when you say we're talking about raw dogging and he's dropping off cucumbers at your front door.
0: But like from our garden, how adorable? That's pretty precious.
1: In Bucks know, County, maybe. Pennsylvania. I
0: would love that. Cutie yeah.
1: patootie. No wonder Stan and Jen Bernstein loved it here so much. Oh, yeah. Uh, call back to last episode, guys, <gasps> no, that we God, recorded a week a ago. Wink, wink. <laughs> um, okay. So, listen, we need to, first of all, say to all of our listeners who have gone past this nonsense so far, um, thank you for listening. We love you. We love all the love we're getting. We love all the messages. Um, we would so load. appreciate if you want to support the show in any way. Please share this episode, any episode that you like with your friends, your family. The more listeners we get, the more we can make this show. So thanks in advance for sharing. And also leave us a review on Apple or Spotify. We love those too. Right? We welcome all feedback. Well, we'll leave good reviews, please. I mean, leave good reviews.
0: <laughs> anyway. privately
1: share all feedback this privately yes no i'm kidding this episode is for those of you who are going through any kind of change in life or want a change in life feeling a little stuck could be in any area your job maybe isn't giving you any meaning anymore your relationship is feeling not so hot um Anything. I'm going to say with
0: certainty that 78% of people right now are either in the midst of change or are craving change. Write that down. 78%. Don't you feel like it's like there's something also happening in the world right now where I feel like people are like, oh, and they are feeling like they need to
1: evolve. Yeah. I'm going to see your 78 and say 95% of people. Holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) So we thought we'd do a little episode here about creating change in your life. How do you do it? What makes us stuck in life? Um, how do we get out of that stuckness? Is change always good? Is change Ooh, always the answer? Hot take. Um, so yeah, Bean, what do you think? Let's. What's your take on change? Are you in a place where you want change in your life at this moment? Yes. Oh. Yes. The answer is a firm you yes. You had that one ready. But I will say,
0: and I believe it was even written into our outline that I once said, I'm not really into change, but I crave it, which is... <laughs> That sounds like me, which is change makes me very uncomfortable in lots of ways. But, like, I need, I guess, I am one of my 70 to 95% of people who have this desire to grow out of my current space, which I think is really due to the fact where I am in life, which is all three of my children who I have been a stay at home mother to for over 12 years now um, will be full time in school. Mm-hmm. It's That's September, a big change. And I them. have never. Had that yet? I've always had someone home on part of the days every day. Yeah. So now I'm about to like enter a phase of my life as an adult. I mean, I had kids in my late 20s. So like I've been living a lot of my adulthood as this, yeah. in this role of stay at home mother. And I feel like it's about to shift majorly. And while I like, like I said, craving it and welcoming it. I also am like, what is this going to look like? And how am I going to create this change? Because I am sort of stuck in these patterns and this is what I do and this is what I'm good at and, you know. Yeah.
1: It's, I, Take it away. I think change that's like forced upon us is the hardest kind of change because. Does this count? Yeah. Is I mean, me right? are leaving? Yeah. 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 It's bittersweet. You know, I I always say to people that if I had understood what a constant, consistent process of grieving and letting go parenting was, I would have gone into it way more prepared for God, you're constantly just letting them go. As soon as you get used to a change, like a change that they go through, they change again. And then you're like, and I even actually said this to my son. He was like, mom, he's 12. He's like, why are you like, I don't know what he was saying. Something about babying him or baby talk or something. (gasps) And Uh I said, you know what, honey, you got to give like your parents a pass sometimes because what happens is we're so used to going in one mode and then you guys, as you should, you change, which is awesome. And we just need to change tracks. And sometimes we get stuck in an old track. And he was like, whatever. Stop talking to me. (laughs) (laughs)
0: You're like, but this is groundbreaking. No, but that is totally true. How can you see it? Like I still see these kids, even though they're growing and my oldest is 12 and a half and doing like very- you know, more mature things. I still see her as like my baby. I can see her as a two-year-old. Yeah. Like doing the same things sort of. Yeah. So it's hard for me to shift out of this and to give her the freedom. And
1: why do you think when you say um, you're not really into change, like what is it about change besides parenting, like that you find so uncomfortable?
0: I have a major fear of the unknown. I'm like a a planner in a lot of ways. Uh, I'm not like an organized planner, but like, I like to have an idea of what's coming down the pipeline always. Yeah. Always. And change typically, especially with big changes. Um, there's so many unknowns. Yeah. Like I literally don't understand what my day is going in in a month and a half from now, what my day is going to look like. Yeah. I'm like starting to look for work. I'm you know, hopefully picking up more speed with this podcast. And I I just have like no idea. And now I'm like, how am I going to get the other things done? I know everybody does it, but remember, I've been at home for years. How am I going to get all the other things done? What's it going to look like? What kind of mother am I going to become when I have this whole other aspect of me that is also going to need my attention? Yeah. Again, I get that everybody does it. I haven't done it. So I need to understand. I, I want to understand what's this going to be? Who am I going to be? Is this going to impact what I still want to be focused on, which is being a mother? Um, Yeah. And where am I going to go from here? Like this is like the beginning of the rest of my life, it feels like. Right. Well, you said it. This whole part. Yeah. Yeah. I think,
1: no, I think people avoid change because we have some illusion that we have control. Probably. And so when we are thinking about change, it's about a loss of control and a, and the fear of the unknown of like, well, what's, you know, I know what I'm in right now. I don't know what the change is going to look like. And and then you feel like you're not in control. And I say illusion because, I mean, really the truth is that, well, no, I mean, you definitely, I believe you create the circumstances that you want in your life. you You envision them, you think about them and they come to fruition, but the how is not in our control always. I always say the what is in our control. And I also feel like there's
0: lots of external factors and lots of bumps on the, yeah. along the way that you're not always prepared for and really come out of left field often. Yeah. Like I feel like that could happen. To, I'm like thinking, oh, I'm just going to get a job and I'm going to work during those right. hours. And then my kids are going to come home. And I'm going to work during those. I'm going to be with them during those hours. Yeah. But I know that it's not going to be some smooth path like that. And this could be years of me like trying to figure out how to balance this. What what do I really want to do? You know, what does like What am
1: I supposed to be doing? What's my purpose? You always call me and say, Bean, tell me my purpose. Um, But, you know, I think when we talk, I just think it's really relatable that you say you're not that into change because I think so many people then, because of the fear of the unknown, find themselves stuck. So I think a lot of this episode, too, is about stuckness and like the quality of stuckness and what happens when we feel stuck feels like this. I feel like that's what I was talking about when I was
0: talking about 78% of people. I feel like a lot of people are feeling like this desire for growth, but the very constricted. I could be just totally applying this to people, even though it's not true, um, that people need to bloom and blossom,
1: but we're all very stuck right now. Is that just me? No, I think there's more change around us than ever before. Like, you know, the way that things are changing thanks to technology our politics have created major change in in the US and around the world. Um, There's change going on. The climate. The climate, exactly. (laughs) Massive change. There's change happening around us, which is where I think maybe sometimes some people want to double down. Um, But I think that stuckness, I mean, can you think of some common, things that you your friends or family like where do you notice people being stuck where you watch them and you're like oh god you're so stuck get out of that situation
0: I mean I don't I can't say that I feel like oh god about it like I mean I think especially at this point in life and I think a lot of my friends are in similar situations where they are kind of I probably cause I surround myself with people in similar boats as me are in my situation where they're like, their kids are getting older. They don't really know where to go with that or how to do, or they're stuck in some aspect of their relationship. And they call me and say like, this is happening. And I'm like, that's been happening for 17 years. Like, of course that's still happening. Yeah. doesn't, I don't, I don't know if change is necessary. Like mm, I don't want to call anyone out, but I have one friend in particular who will be like, this is the same behavior I'm struggling with with my husband over and over. Right. And I keep being like, you need to lay clear boundaries, some words from Bean, and see how he responds. Right. But it like doesn't – it's the same thing. But something has to shift. If she wants that change, something else has to shift. I, I don't know what it is, but there needs to be some change.
1: Yeah. Made. I had a client say to me yesterday, she runs a company, and um, she was like, you know, until X, Y, and Z changes – we're going to continue to be in the same debacle. And I okay. said to her, there is absolutely no change that doesn't start with you changing the way you're thinking about yourself, your value, the way that you operate, the way you show up for people. Like, if you do not create the internal change, there is no change in your environment. It starts with you. With you. Yeah. Nobody's coming. I just saw like a Mel Robbins
0: podcast. She was just saying, like, no one's coming to save you. Yeah. And- no one's, it's you.
1: You're the hero. If you want to do it, you have to do it. Yeah. You're the hero. But I, I mean, I think for me, I have a really hard time with watching people I love be stuck. I I realize that. Help me. Help me. Help me. I, um, also without calling people out, like I have a family member I adore who I find like often just stuck in these relationships that does not serve them at all. And like, This person will remain stuck in these relationships for years, and talk to me for years. Do I know who we're talking about? Yeah. Okay. This person will talk to me for years about what's going on. I like love, 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 adore. I mean, this person is yeah. So anyway, it's hard for me sometimes to watch because it's like I can see all the potential that could happen in their lives if they would just embrace um, their. Boundaries, embrace their value, ask for more, expect more, sh- you know, expect people to show up differently for them rather than being the giver. And they just sometimes suffer through one sided relationships that feel stuck for a long time. And then I'm like, God, time is passing and you're not getting the experience of being loved and valued in the way you want. And so I have a really hard time, I think, with relationship stuckness the most. I don't have, when people are stuck in jobs, I'm like, you know, that doesn't trigger me as much. Um, oh, but relationship stuckness really triggers me a lot. Why do you think? That's funny.
0: I don't know because I would actually almost say the opposite for myself. I feel like with relationships, it's so common to get stuck in your patterns yeah. and behaviors. Everybody does it. Everybody, does. even super healthy relationships, people just get stuck in their patterns. It's your day-to-day. It's what you do. But with a job, I feel like it That's, I don't know, more, more easily you could hop to another job that is comparable. You know what I mean? If you're really stuck. Whereas in a marriage or a relationship, you don't just hop on out of it and it's harder because you are so used to your behaviors,
1: but I get you being triggered. But I don't think change in a relationship is about hopping on out of it. I think it's exactly what you just said about your friend. It's like changing the way you're showing up in that relationship and not doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results, but changing the way that you ask for your needs to be met, changing how you uphold boundaries, changing what you know. I often find- when people are stuck in romantic relationships that are not serving them, that it always goes yeah. back to not doing the work to get back to your intrinsic value and then believing that this person's doing you a favor just by being in the relationship with you. And when you're in that belief system that this is, you're so lucky. But that's not
0: always it. Like, I don't think, can I say that? Please. Um, the, the friend I'm actually talking about doesn't feel that way, but feels like there's a particular um, aspect of her partner that repeatedly isn't enough and isn't showing
1: up in the way that is being requested of this person. Yeah. Um, But why not put the boundaries in place? What's the story there that's telling this friend not to put the boundaries in place to ask for a different treatment? She has.
0: And it just doesn't stick.
1: Which happens,
0: which I get again. Like I totally understand.
1: It happens in my own relationship. It just you you get used to these behaviors. Yeah. Well, and there comes a point in your life when you're stuck in things. I can absolutely speak to where the pain of staying so small and and not getting what you need and not having the life experiences that you expected of your life just outgrows the comfort. And once the pain is louder and bigger than the comfort is, that's when you create change. That's what I find. Also, I think that you have to be able to
0: embrace the unknown. So yes. I think some people are in a situation where they've outgrown it and they do feel that way, yeah. but they're too scared of the unknown. It's frightening. I get it. Yeah. no I'm scared of the unknown, man. You have had some big, you've had some big changes, like major notable changes, I feel like that you could speak to.
1: I think I Divorces, thrive on change, primarily. actually. I think I get- why I'm so enamored by you. Well, but I don't, I mean, thank you. I don't think, I, I think you it's important that. not to romanticize change, which we should talk about in a minute, but I Please. think I thrive on change because I get bored
0: very easily. So do
1: I though, which is yeah. funny. You yeah.
0: know I do. I keep changing my hair.
1: I get bored. Bored. Yeah, but I but change is scary though. Change is scary, I and mean, I think the big life changes you're talking about had nothing to do with boredom. It had to do with I made a decision. Yeah, true. I think I mean, I, so I got divorced when my kids were two Little. and three and one and a half. Um, yep. And that's correct. That's correct. That was the first really, really massive change in my life. Like I hadn't even left with living within a mile of my mom up until then. Yeah. Right. So I didn't have a lot of, I mean, there was change that happened around me, moving, my parents getting divorced, that kind of thing. But the me instituting a change would have been that divorce when I was 31, 32. Um, And that was really because It literally felt like my soul was being like compacted into a tiny little box and I couldn't breathe anymore, right? Right? Like the desire I had to live a different kind of life that was more peaceful, that had more purpose aligned to it, that um, had more partnership in it than my marriage, like that desire was getting so resoundingly loud that it literally felt like I couldn't breathe that like my soul was calling to me so loudly saying, it is time for this. And I made a choice once I made that leap, which genuinely felt like jumping off a cliff. Yeah, Um, I remember. Yeah. I I made a choice after that moment. I will never, ever allow my soul to feel constricted ever. If there is a change that needs to happen for my soul to feel expanded, which literally in practical terms means me feeling as free and abundant and living the things that feel true to me um, without pretending, without performing, without making a hundred sacrifices that eat away at who I am and what I need and what I believe. I will never, ever do that again. And then that, I think, just started this waterfall effect of change because then I shortly after left my job. And that was a career I had invested almost two decades into and was like, I'm going to start my own business because I see a gap in the world around people trusting their intuition. And so I leapt off of that cliff. And then after leaping off that cliff and starting the business, you know, remarried and then was like, wait a minute, now I'm feeling constricted where I live on the East Coast. And I want something more. I want to feel more expansive. There's a place that's calling to me. And then we moved across the country without any support system here. Um, So I think that I have become very aware of the benefits of taking the leap. So the leap feels less scary to me.
0: That is super powerful and inspirational. I was going to ask you, why is it do you you think that people don't make those leaps that you do? Like why the majority of us, I feel like are unable to make that level of leap. Yeah. But I guess you just answered it by saying your first one was super scary because you didn't know. But once you did it once, you were like, oh,
1: like you always will survive. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that the anxiety voice, the little selves, the limiting belief selves aren't constantly chattering and being like, don't do it. Oh my God, you're going to fall flat on your face. Those voices are there. I think mastering change is about looking at those voices and being like, I'm still going to make sure your needs are met. You're going to be safe. We're going to be okay. And you're right. Once you do it, it's like, and here's some evidence for how much more okay we become when we listen to our soul um, rather than stay small. But I'm telling you, I think people remain in circumstances because the comfort is more tantalizing than the desire for a change. I I don't even think it's
0: the comfort. Sometimes I think it's the fear of the unknown, like I said, is just so much greater than the desire for comfort.
1: Yeah. And then on the flip side, I do see people – I don't know if you see this. I see people really romanticizing change. Like when you're at a job that you hate – I actually had right. another session where someone was telling me how stuck in the middle they feel between two co-founders. And um, you know it was very clear that this person didn't know how to put boundaries in place and say, you know what? like We're not going to vent in this meeting. Let's just get to the action items or whatever it might be. And she asked me, do you think I should just leave? And I said to her, wherever you go, you take yourself with you. So this idea that you're just going to change your environment and suddenly, really? magically, everything's totally. going to turn out like a fairy tale is so false because when we don't do the work on ourselves to correct the things that make the circumstances feel so constricting and feel so bad and, and suffering, then we will just take those same limiting beliefs and that same strategy into the next place. It's true. And we will have a similar flavor of whatever was happening into the next relationship. I and mean, this is how you see people constantly being in relationships that don't serve them, because the belief system is if I just change the partner, it'll say right. it'll it'll be okay. But no, you've got to change the wiring on the inside to then magnetize the partner that makes you feel seen, loved, whatever you're looking for.
0: I think that's the key message here because I bet – now that you say it, I bet a lot of people do make the leap and they do go for the change, but then they end up in a very similar situation. And They're like, see, the change wasn't worth it. Yes. The change didn't do anything. Right. So why should I keep changing and evolving and growing when it's not really going to result in any different outcome? Yeah.
1: It's so true. I actually am facing that a little I love bit. that message. I have some – I think seasonal affect disorder or, um, you know, situational depression that happens to me where I'll just kind of lose motivation. Uh, I'll really get super negative. I'll feel like, oh, there's really like, you know, nothing that I can express gratitude towards, which is really hard as someone who's so spiritual and teaches about gratitude and and connection to gratitude as an expander. Um, And what I've realized is that I used to think it had so much to do with being in Maryland during the winter. And then we came here and there are certain moments where it comes back again. And it's like, oh, no, this is your inner system. This is your – a little part of you that's asking for healing that came with you to California. You didn't just change oh. and suddenly the situational depression is gone. It needs your att- your loving, healing attention so that wherever well, I literally
0: you was like – I because I know you have seasonal affective disorder and I was
1: like, oh, she's going to go to California and it's going to get better. <laughs> It's I will say it is it has way to be better. better. Yeah. It is way better. Seasonal yeah. yeah.
0: Seasonal affective disorder is a real thing when there's not enough sunlight and like that can be cured in some ways yeah. by but, more sunlight and yeah, longer yeah. hours
1: in the day. Yeah. But the version of me that can get stuck in that negative thinking, yeah. she's still in there and she'll sometimes try to take over. And that's doesn't matter where that's I live. Interesting. Yeah. You're right. So come back to the East Coast okay. then.
0: <laughs> no, I love it here too. I'll be much. waiting. I can't. Come on. What about change that is not internal rather, but like something that is placed upon you. For example, I don't always like using romantic relationships as an example, but I that's the first thing that came to mind. Um your partner leaves you mm-hmm. unexpectedly and you're forced into a change that you didn't necessarily choose. Yeah. I mean that can feel daunting and weird and scary, especially with no preparation.
1: Yeah, that can feel traumatic. We have um, the agency I used to work at just did a bunch of layoffs, and so I'm getting a lot of text messages being like, "I was laid oh, off." No way, and I keep saying congratulations, and they're like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Uh, I have never ever seen a situation where a change is forced upon someone where they don't get to a higher frequency because of it. Like, oh really? Yeah, I think. Energetically speaking, like if you look at it from the sense of energy trying to push you towards your highest good, towards what's best, towards your purpose, I often see that when we are stuck and we're not listening to our intuition, we're not listening to our inner wisdom, like I was saying in my marriage where it was like, go, go, you got to go. When we don't listen, then I think the universe comes in and kind of like shoves us a little bit off the ledge. And there's always a parachute. But that shoving off the ledge feels so mean and so hurtful yeah. and so yeah. traumatic, which is true. It is mean. That and is hurtful. our human experience. Yeah. This is what I mean. I think I was saying, we were doing the children's book episode last week. And I was saying that the moral of the story in How I Met Your Mother is there's this part where the baby bird is How on I the ground. Oh, sorry, not how I meant. Are you my Are mother? Are you my mother? Yeah. Are yeah. you my mother? Um, the baby bird is on the ground and the crane comes and picks the baby yes. bird up and the baby bird's freaking out because it's like, what is this thing? Where is it taking me? And I want to go end, home. It's I want to go home. And in the end, the crane is taking it back home to the nest, but it doesn't understand the experience of going there. That's what I see change that's forced upon us as. It's really a support system that's surrounding us energetically made up of our own manifestations. Like, hey, you wanted to be happier, freer, more creative, more loved, whatever it is you genuinely desire, right? That when you don't make the move to make it happen, then change comes as an energetic force to say, okay, I'm going to kind of give you a nudge and have you be forced into a change that then brings about the circumstances through the learning that comes with that forced change. Because we learn so much about ourselves and we learn so much about, particularly when you're laid off from a job or a partner just leaves you, we learn so much about how much we quieted our own desires and our own truth to stay in those situations. And once they're gone, there's this massive expansive expansive opportunity that's presented for us to look at, well, wait, where was I happy and where was I unhappy? And how was I ignoring the unhappiness just to stay in the situation and stay safe? So there's huge growth in that awareness. Definitely. I just thought though of another
0: example of change that I'm curious what your take is, how it can allow you to grow. What about um, like a death, an unexpected yeah. death of somebody close to you and how how much that can probably impact every moment of your life and how do you grow and learn and evolve and come out of that? I mean, I know there are people who do it, but I know there are more people who fall victim to it because it's so overwhelming and all-consuming. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, so many amazing teachers and authors and researchers who have like really spent time looking at grief will tell you that grief is the most powerful teacher and that if you go into the flow of the river where it's going to feel crazy and horrible, but if you give into the grief and you follow the grief, it always leads you closer to yourself and to your truth. So I think even with something as traumatic as a loss of a person, that process of grieving brings you to a different level of awareness and self-actualization because you've gone through the process and you know more about yourself and you make different – you see the world differently. I was going to say you probably see those around
0: you differently and you start to understand things in a different light. I guess it goes to that saying, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Yeah,
1: it's exactly right. It's like whatever you are learning through that process is going to put you in a different space of choice in your life. And you're going to make different decisions. And those decisions are going to send you on different trajectories that are meant to allow you to evolve to a frequency that's more in line with what you ultimately need and desire and is true to who you are. That's how I see it. Yeah.
0: I like it. I like that. Because for me, I can't even think of a positive aspect of it, but you're right. You're totally right.
1: Yeah. I mean, it doesn't Um, feel good.
0: No. I think that's what... People also need to get is that a lot of change. You're always expecting this like light to go off, and but a lot of it is like dirty and doesn't feel good and is uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, a lot of it. You have to get used to
0: that discomfort, right? And I'm not good at getting used to discomfort. I will readily admit that. Yes, I'm not good at discomfort. I like things to just be
1: well. And if you have anxiety as a um, major operating system, shut up. Just, just, you know, <laughs> anyone random. No, but this, anyone. Is, this is something that you and I share in common, something I've done a lot of yeah. work on, something you're working on. But when anxiety is your operating system, um, changes your enemy because your anxiety is so. That's what it feels like. Right? Like what does your anxiety <laughs> yeah, tell you?
0: It doesn't even tell me anything. I just feel like the thought of it. Anything different is like almost paralyzes me. I'm like, well, now I don't even know what to do. Yeah. I don't want to make this whole thing about me. (laughs) Uh, But like I am on the precipice of almost forced change, I guess, like we're talking about. And I don't know what to do with it. I don't know which direction to move in. I don't know. Like I don't even know where
1: to begin. Yeah. Yeah. And that feels so overwhelming that I just don't begin. (laughs) And so what happens is the anxiety voice, which is a much younger version of you, has been trained to protect you, right? So it thinks that the best way to protect you is to be like, don't change anything. Don't do it. Because safety and predictability is how we know we're going to be okay. And we listen to that voice. We've been trained to listen to that voice. What's happening, though, is that still voice, the knowing, calm voice, the soul Voice is telling you something very different. And it's telling you not only how okay you're going to be, but what the first step is and how to get through it. And I'm telling you, making massive change in your life is a choice between the limiting belief system self that's trying to protect you, which keeps you stuck, and your higher self, your inner wisdom, your intuition, whatever you want to call it, that calm, knowing voice that is there to bring you to your desires in a way where you'll thrive. It's always a choice between those two voices. And it takes a lot of faith to listen to the inner wisdom voice because you don't have a ton of evidence. You just got to believe.
0: So I have that tingling. Like I have that like go out there and do something big and like, you know, I have it, but I'm not tuning in to that uh, this is your first step. I I can't hear it.
1: Because the anxiety is totally blocked. So how do I shush it up? Shush up anxiety. Well – I'm going to tell all our listeners to go back and listen to the episode on (laughs) – what was it? Higher self? Yeah. I think in the higher self episode, I talk about how to heal your limiting belief systems. But I'll answer you. It's really about seeing them as separate as who you are right now and identifying them as a younger version of yourself and literally like extracting them from you and looking at them and saying, I see you right now. I see you're trying to protect me by getting me not to make any moves. I see that. What do you really need? And that anxious voice, that little self will just say, I want to feel safe, or I want to make sure we're loved, or I want to make sure whatever it needs. As long as you train yourself to start listening to what it needs and not the directions it's giving you, because the directions it's giving you are coming from like five years old sense of wisdom or a 10-year-old sense of wisdom, Right. right? They're not coming from you. So the key thing around not letting your anxiety be so loud, is to not mistake your anxiety for your identity currently. Your anxiety is an older version, a a younger version, but a much older voice that's just trying to protect you through old strategies that are not designed to help you thrive. They're just there to help you survive. Okay. I'm going to do it and then tune back in next week, friends, and see if I figured out
0: all the answers. I know
1: what you can do, actually. This might be a fun experiment. I did a workbook. Called I did it. Oh, you did
0: it. I did it. Uh, one of the producers just sent it on over and I
1: did it. Okay. I have a
0: woke work- I- work-
1: workbook called Craving Change, which by the way is – I think you guys can download on the website. Not I think, I know. If you go to morifontinez.com, you can download this creating, Craving Change workbook. And the workbook was designed to follow my coaching method around how clients who want change are coached by me. And it really is about going inward and figuring out all the blocks to the change and also visualizing the change. And it gives you a pathway or a bridge towards it.
0: I just think going inward is really challenging when you are very blocked. Yeah. Like, I did. I I did your workbook. I did it, and I actually do think it actually brought something up to me that I didn't think about before. Oh. Um, what do you want to share? It. Um, I guess it's not really that exciting, but I did realize that one of the greatest things in my life that lifts me up is being around people who truly bring me joy, mm-hmm. and that fulfills me in a way that lots of things don't. Yeah. Um. And I was like, just very recently, disgusting. I mean, I think that's one of the reasons I jumped on this. Podcast with you was like, I love everything I do with her. Just being next to her fills my soul. Right. So I was like, let's do it. And I think that I keep thinking, like, even though you do have to do everything on your own and it has to be from your own self, what if I do surround myself and think of ideas that might incorporate people around me that really inspire me, that, you know, really support me and make me feel good and make me. see things in a different way. And maybe that'll help me get closer to my path. I love
1: that. that. I love that. You're right. That is a really important insight because maybe you were thinking about change in a really binary way or in a really constricted way and maybe thinking about, wait a minute, but what is it that I really want and desire is letting you expand that idea of what the change is. I felt like it had to be all – like
0: I had to come up with this answer. Even though I kept asking you, I felt like you need to like figure it out. Like just figure it out. Figure it out. And I was like, maybe if I like dabble in this and I yes. do this thing with this person. I'm talking with another friend very loosely about doing something with her. And I was like, you know what? Do it. See where it takes you. Yes. Like you enjoy being with her. She, make, she always allows you to see things in a different light. Like go for it, yeah,
1: exactly. And I have the
0: luxury of doing that, which I think I I know I'm very lucky. Like I can just sort of dabble here and there, yeah. Until I love I figure that. Out where I'm going, Thank yeah. You. So then
1: you are attesting to workbook. when you go inward, <laughs> then you have yeah. the pathway to the change starts to unfold. It's not going to be handed to you by anybody. No, and I think it's really challenging to do. Like
0: that was one little takeaway, but I know it's much bigger than that. I I haven't found the answer yet. Yeah. I just found a new path that I wasn't I wasn't just thinking in that way.
1: And but now that's I am. what change is. It's about getting to know totally. yourself and figuring out where you want to go. And I tell people all the time, change is not about running away from something. It's about running towards something. Oh, I love that. Wait, but what can you force it? Like if I let's say I didn't have
0: this tingling, but I was like I got to do something with myself can I just be like, change yourself?
1: No. <gasps> I don't think no. you can force it. I think it's an organic process. I think when you we look at nature, nature has a lot to teach us about change and how slowly it happens and how Especially it unfolds. Especially seasons
0: on the East Coast. I know. Seasons on the East Coast. California California. Come out here and get some lessons. I know.
1: But really how slowly it unfolds and you watch, you know, a tree go through its life cycle and you watch how slowly those leaves turn red and then how slowly they fall and and you watch them sprout. Like Change is an organic and very natural process of life, but it is organic and it is really about allowing, allowing for your feelings to emerge, allowing your desires to emerge, speaking the things you believe out loud, getting more in touch with those beliefs, being more honest with yourself about what makes you unhappy and what situations you allow that create unhappiness for you and why you do that. And that is an organic process that might be a little too slow for some, but I don't believe you can just decide. I mean, unless it's something small, right? Like I'm deciding that tomorrow I'm going to go start running. Okay, fine. But I'm talking about larger scale change is an organic thing.
0: And you interpret it as it's very slow and organic, this growth. And I right away was thinking, particularly with the seasons in the Northeast up here where I live, um, how quickly it all goes. That you see the green and then before you know it, they're red and they're falling off the tree and it's a new season again and new things are happening. And you see um, value. I I happen to love the Northeast because I actually love the yeah. consistent change of seasons. It brings up all different Me emotions, too. and almost by the end of every season, I'm almost like, okay, now I'm ready for this one to be done and yeah. to move on to the next one. And I kind of love that that you can see beauty in each season, um, but you can also see each flaw, the flaws in each season. Yeah. But they just keep changing and yeah. changing and it's changing. It's the
1: one constant in life, and I think it's quick change to us because we're not in the bud. That's having to expand we're not in the the experience yeah. of getting work. dried up yeah. and falling off of a leaf we're not in the suffering of True. what that is we're just how much energy it. How much? there's energy so much energy
0: takes. going into all of it yeah in and even yeah. a i'm thinking a caterpillar to a butterfly it's just like yeah. so much energy
1: yeah yeah we watch it that from just afar go off the
0: rails? is this no, beautiful I- or do we just like
1: go off the <laughs> Is this the most beautiful combo we've ever had? Maybe. You can watch change from <laughs> afar and romanticize it, um, but then totally. when you're in the change oh and you're suffering through it, you believe there's something wrong with your version of change because it hurts so much. And it's like, no, change is uncomfortable. It can be painful. It, it is Growth is painful. God damn, you're God. poignant. God damn, you
0: say the most – I was like, change is so fast over here. You're like, no, no. <laughs> you don't see the depth. I was like, "Good point." You're like a miniature <laughs> Buddha covered in hair. You sure are. All right. So, how about this? How about we go? Even though I don't want to make it all about me, but so I did this workbook, right? I did your workshop. I definitely found a new like avenue that I might want to address, yeah. Or I might want to whatever. Now what? Now what? How do you make change? Yeah. Happen? Now what? How do I keep making the ball? How do I keep the ball rolling?
1: Yeah. Well, I think that there's a couple of things you can do. There is a value in sometimes just changing up your routine, changing up your environment to keep that creative spark, to keep that flow, to keep the um, connection to all of these light bulb moments you're having happening. So maybe it's like one day going to, to work from I don't know, a bench near the pond by your house. Maybe it's just switching little tiny things up that are, you know, micro moments that create micro changes to see how they reflect on your inward journey is a really great way to just keep exploring change. Um, the other thing is to c- become really aware of all the stories inside of you that are telling you it's not safe and confront them and be in dialogue with them and really. Like allow them to be part of the process. Don't fight them. Don't try to shut them up. Don't tell them they're inconvenient. Like bring them along for the journey. Literally see them as little kids, hold their little hands, bring them with you. Let them be part of the dialogue and tell you what they need. Um, And then I think it really is about having a lot of faith, having a lot of faith in yourself. That's really hard. Yeah, that's that's very hard for me.
0: Yeah, the way I tell
1: people to do that is to look for evidence. Let, look through your life. When is there a time that a change occurred where you didn't end up on higher ground in some way, where you didn't learn something expansive about yourself, where you didn't understand yourself better, where you didn't bring in a new opportunity that you couldn't have expected? Look for evidence of change in your life and how it's always brought you to a more self-actualized place. That's how you begin to build faith. I say the same thing about intuition. Always looking at where has my intuition spoken to me? Where did it land me? And giving your brain some evidence for it. And I'm also now just thinking
0: that I had this deadline of like, well, my kids all start in September. So yeah. like I need to have my shit in order. by I need to have my ducks in a row by September. But now I'm thinking maybe the forced change of September that is not my choice, but now all my babies will be out of the home. Maybe that will open up something else that I should be mindful of and aware of that maybe yeah. I don't have to have the answers in a month. Exactly. I have to start letting it unfold more in yeah. a month. Maybe we have to let
1: go of our timelines. That's why I always say yeah. the what is our yeah. business, the how is none of our business. Yeah. The pathway is going to teach us what it needs to teach us, and the way that it is going to, and we don't have control over the pathway. Mm. And then we have that makes me feel weird. We have one idea <laughs> that our producers. What did we? Our notes say one of our producers is delusional this week. Do you remember? Anai's talking to us about Magic Week. Right, right, right. Magic Week is something she got from her friend where – Which I love. I really love this. Describe it. No, you describe it. (laughs) You're like, I can't. (laughs) Where basically you suspend all the constrictions, you suspend all of the can'ts, and you create a week where you get to just kind of – do what you want in the flow that you want without like, oh, I shouldn't be eating breakfast for dinner. I sh-, like you basically are going in the flow of what your desires are and you're allowing things to unfold and you're believing in that week that anything is possible. And so that if anything is possible, who am I? What do I want? You know, what would I do if anything was possible? That's the way I am. And it's
0: just it. a week. So it's not like you're making this change that's going to impact the rest of your life. Like you can just get back on track the following week if some of these magical changes <laughs> don't work for you. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Why are you laughing
1: at me, bro? No, I'm laughing that we literally – the note says one of our producers is delusional this We I don't even see it.
0: <laughs> oh, I see it. Magic week. Right, 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 right. But I, th- I love it. I think it's a really yeah. fun exercise actually. Um, I know that you get a lot of questions with your Tuesdays with Maury. Check it out, folks. Um, Check it out. It's a lot you get a lot of this like people are saying things sort of comparable to my intuition is telling me just to drop everything and move on. Yeah, Um, we pulled one producers pulled one in particular. I'm going to read it out loud. Let's do it. A few weeks ago, I woke up and my higher self told me clear as day that I need to become a nurse ever since I have felt so energized and ready to explore the journey. I told my husband and he didn't have the same vision as me, even though I was expecting to get support and excitement from him what do I do? I feel like ever since my husband's opinion came into play, it's become heavy and complicated. And I've started thinking I would fail. Oh, that's unfortunate, that's but I totally can relate. Yeah. Yeah. Not to the husband, just people around you care who you care about and you value their opinions, not seeing it yeah. the same way you do.
1: Yeah. I mean, listen, when you can sense a change, It does not automatically mean that the people around you can sense the value of that change. Change is so personal. And remember, if change is about expanding and about getting closer to your soul, to your desire, to your truth, then it's not always going to resonate with the people around you. And so it is your job to be the warrior for that change, to be the advocate for that change, to be the one who is... um, You know, spreading the gospel of the faith you have in that change, not to be looking for other people to validate you because it's not their soul that's on fire through the change. It's yours. Right. And it's important that you remember to guard that with your life, that feeling that you have, that it's time to change. That's an important relationship you have with your inner wisdom, with your higher self. And that's not for anyone else to validate for you. That is your own journey. I think it's hard in re- relationships, particularly committed relationships right. where you're sharing a life. And there might be some fear that your husband is experiencing about what's this going to mean financially, or what's it going to mean in terms right. of time or who knows, uh, share of labor in the house. It could be a million things, but I think it's okay. The way to be compassionate while still advocating for your own desire for change is to have curiosity and really open a dialogue. What is it that you don't like about this? What are you worried about? Let's talk it through so that everything's sort of on the- honor, their displeasure yeah. in a way, honor, their discomfort. Yeah their discomfort. Yeah, and, and and explore it. Yeah, explore it and see if you can come up with a plan that allows for everyone to feel comfortable, but it doesn't mean don't do it. It just means, you know, when you want something, where there's a will, there's a way. When you want something, find a way to get to it, and sometimes that's going to mean bringing other people along compassionately and gently, but it doesn't mean that you stop and it does not mean that your intuition was telling you the wrong thing. It just means that your husband is just not there because that's not his soul's desire. Right, and you may have to alter your path slightly to not accommodate, but yeah.
0: honor the discomfort in a in a healthy way. Yes, um, it may take longer than you and your your gut was telling you, or whatever it is. Yeah, that's fair.
1: Thanks. You're so welcome. I hope that was helpful. Uh, Bean, what do you are you feeling a little more positive about change now? Maybe. Um, I, I think I
0: am probably mostly because of my own idea about <laughs> how maybe the change in September is what, but now I'm going to put all my eggs in that basket yeah. and be like, well, that's going to be the answer. And then it's not. And then I'm going to get bummed out again and be like, now, what do I do? So
1: see you back at late <laughs> t- September when I'm still in the same spot. TBD. Oh, all right. Well guys, thank you for listening. I hope that you found Even the tiniest tidbit that was helpful or inspired you to embrace change um, like I said, you're welcome to download the workbook uh, on MauryFontanez.com. And then just a reminder if there's any topics you want Bean and I to cover, to discuss, there is a link in our show notes to submit those thoughts or your feedback or anything that you think we could do to make this show more enjoyable or helpful or entertaining for you. We love, love, love your feedback. Anyway, Bean, I love you. As always, thank you. Love you. Love you. I'll see you next week. That'll never change. See you next week. Uh, ba dum bum. <laughs> this has been another episode of signal the podcast that raises your frequency this podcast is co-hosted by me maury fontanez and melissa gushka special thanks to my production team anushri fekidat arman Kasam, and anais islami don't forget to join us next week for another episode see you then